and welcome to this edition of the DMZ America podcast. It's Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. We have a very special edition for you today, so you know you want to listen. I'm Scott Stantis, coming to you from the right. And I'm Ted Rawl, coming to you from the left, from the left side of the Atlantic Ocean in France. Wouldn't that be the right side? Shh. Big news. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you were woke, you'd use that upside down globe where right, the southern right. hemisphere is on the top. Yeah. <laughs> then I then I would be right, you know, if I weren't wrong. Well, there is no up and down in space. So, yeah, you can come to the planet coming from our South Pole. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. again, I'm wrong again. Anyway, Ted Wall <laughs> is in France um, in an undisclosed location. He got out just in time. Are you going to be able to come back? I don't, I mean, you know, I, I think everything will be fine. Uh, you know, this is a, uh, I, I think New York City and uh, the surrounding area will be perfectly fine by tomorrow. Uh, I've, I've heard that the weather's already beautiful. They're reopening half the subways. So I'm not coming back until next week. So I should be fine. All right. All right. I just saw the videos from there. And also, I'm just wondering, COVID, um, the EU has put the United States on the, you know, no enter zone. Uh, list or whatever they, you know, do there. So is that, has that impacted you? Did that impact your travel at all? Um, well, uh, so yeah, it, you know, you have to, it's very, the, 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 in, the enforcement mechanisms have been very futsy. I mean, theoretically it was only French passport holders that are supposed to be able to come. But in reality, Americans, um, sometimes can get in and sometimes can't get in. Um, but basically you can't really count on it. And then, uh, to add to the complication, they have a pass, uh, vaccine, uh, passport regime here, uh, which is supposedly very strict that you have to get a QR code, um, processed through your telephone. And you're supposed to be able to do it in advance through the French authorities. But in reality, you send in everything and you never hear back from them. So, you know, France and the United States really are a lot more alike than you would think. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, if you, so then they say, well, if you go to a pharmacy, you should be able to, uh, get it done. And, uh, that depends on the pharmacy and it depends on the competence of the pharmacist. So, and then, uh, some, uh, places of business really seem to be perfectly fine just seeing your vaccination card. And while other people seem to, uh, you know, want to be more strict. So, um, it's a hodgepodge of regulation, regulatory enforcement, as you might expect. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked, shocked that the bureaucracy doesn't work efficiently. <laughs> I'm absolutely stunned. Hey, let's go. We got a couple of things on the list. One we're just going to touch on briefly, and that was the Biden speech about Afghanistan. Now, if you remember, this is just a few days ago, and I know the news cycle moves fast, but it was promoted as the President Biden is going to address the nation on the subject of Afghanistan. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be one of those conciliatory. This was a hard decision. The, you know, the withdrawal could have gone better, but it went as well as could have been expected. Blah, blah. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, contraire, mon frere. It, it went fully. The President Biden decided to go full frontal Trump on this and double down on the screw ups. And I, it just, Again, I know you're, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably getting annoyed at how much we don't like President Biden for various, for different reasons. But Ted, I mean, come on. This was just like, this speech was just, it was belligerent. It wasn't 
positive at all. And, and yet you still have people on, on the left say, especially, you know, the, the ones who want to believe that Joe Biden is competent saying this was a great speech, exactly what America needed. Yeah, no, Scott, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, that's, that's just going to be the mantra from now on. Uh, it's, it was, it's, it's strange. I mean, on the one hand, you know, for years I was saying that Donald Trump kind of was on to something by never admitting fault. Because uh, although admitting wrongdoing and fault is the very epitome of what it means to have integrity, uh, integrity in this particular way is not uh, rewarded in American politics. The voters do not respect you more if you admit that you screwed up. Uh, they, they hold it against you. So Trump was definitely on to something by never admitting that he was sorry. And uh, I think, you know, in a way, Biden's probably not wrong from a tactical perspective in, in terms of doing this or more accurately his handlers. Um, but it was definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's a little weird. I mean, look, there's still 200 Americans, nationals over in Kabul. Um, you know, they're, they're stuck there. And, uh, you know, this, this definitely did not have to be done this way. No, and, uh, no. I mean, here, the, the American people are not the smartest on the planet by a lot. Uh, and so on, but we can still no. see, we can still see videos. We can still, and we know what the Taliban is, uh, because we know what they were. And so, you know, all of this, I mean, just again, I'm, I'm, let's, let's go on to a happier subject. We're going to talk about abortion. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> well, no one ever dies there. <laughs> um, the Supreme Court, and it's, a, it's an odd decision. They're going to let the Texas law stand, which is a four-week ban. After four weeks, if you can hear a heartbeat, they're going to ban the um, – you can't get an abortion. What makes it comp- completely egregious in my, in my view as a, someone who believes in you know, less government and libertarian view of the world is that they actually are giving money if you turn in your neighbor. Is part of this law. I mean, it's it's pure and that part's nuts. It, and the Supreme Court refused to hear it, which means it stands for now. With, with this, but this, let me go into the weeds for a second. The Supreme Court has the has a Mississippi case, which is similar, but instead of four weeks, it's set for six weeks. Has very much the same kind of um, the same kind of construct, the same kind of you know secret police turning your neighbor kind of vibe to it. Um, but I mean, in terms of abortion, I, I'm a Catholic. I oppose abortion. I think it's murder, and it's murder at a fairly early stage of the um, of the pregnancy. I have a nuanced view, but I want Ted to pop in here and, so, and say, give his opinion first. Yeah, well, I mean, so I believe in science, and science says that life begins at conception with cellular division. However, I think that women. Uh, need to have the right to murder their unborn babies. I'm willing to call them unborn babies, but I'm not going to say that they're a lump of protoplasm, uh, which is sort of a cop-out that a lot of pro-lifers, I'm sorry, pro-choicers use. Um, I, I'm going to go further and say, look, no, no, no. Um, you know, a fetus that's a week old is alive, uh, but you just have to allow uh, women and by extension, their the, the people that they are responsible to, like their previously existing children and their partners, their parents that they're maybe being caretakers for, they have to be able to make that decision uh, to control their bodies. Uh, otherwise, uh, we are going to, you know, we're, there's a slippery slope into Handmaid's Tale territory. Women have to be able to control their bodies. It is, there's no joy in this. It is not 
victimless. It is not fun. There are people who are going to have abortions for reasons that most people would agree are not good. But it's just a right that women have to be able to have because it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, it's just amazing to hear you talk like this. We've, I've heard you speak like this before, and it was shocking then. It's shocking now, especially someone who comes from the left. My view is um, maybe it's mamby-pamby, but it goes along with what Americans believe, which is I believe that they should have unfettered access to the first trimester. Uh, second trimester, as science catches up, we, we have to uh, ratchet that in different ways. And a total prohibition on third trimester. I mean, if you can't make your decision by, you know, <laughs> but, but Scott, that Scott, that's a little inconsistent with the. I mean, that's very inconsistent with with the Catholic Church. It is very um, inconsistent with the Catholic Church. I disagree with them on that. And I think that um, you mentioned having sympathy and compassion and empathy for for women who are having abortions. I the women I've known who've had abortions, none of them did it with glee. It was never done casually. Um, it was a big decision. I've, I've known I've known a couple of cases where it was casual. Um, well, I was on the radio uh, once with, on in WGN up in Chicago, and they had a very, you know, strident, radical uh, women's right uh, comedian on. And it was like, you know, it's, and this is what bothers me about the discussion. I said, at some point, you're killing a baby. And people like that always respond with, and, I, I, and this is a quote, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, my, or they say my personal favorite, um, well, it's not self-sufficient. And and you're not self-sufficient, uh, if, you know, you're not alive unless you're self-sufficient, according to these people. I'm like, well, then that means most American 28-year-olds are, <laughs> are not really alive because <laughs> they're still getting money from mom and dad. Well, and there's a lot of us who think that aborting them might not be a bad policy. Uh, <laughs> um, but my point is, okay, there are some uh, – uh, clearly, but I mean, but for the most part, the the women I know, none of them took this lightly, and it's a decision. No, most most do not. It's 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 a it's a bummer. They yeah. don't like having to do it. So, it sucks. I mean, I did know. I mean, so what? So it's kind of like to it's like so. Pe- sometimes people abuse a right. You know, people drive cars too fast. Sometimes I do. Should we ban cars? I mean, you know, people people drink too much. Should we ban booze? I mean, you know, this could just go on forever. Um, so I, you, I think you. You, you, should we should we have no wealth social welfare programs because some people cheat so so I mean it's just it's stupid. You should pare them down, but that's another that's another podcast right there. Uh, as far as you know, you you mentioned me not um, not being consistent with my Catholic views, and I, you have to have that balance. You know, John Kennedy talked about it when he was running for president in 1960. You know, being between governing and 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 and, and your your faith community, and what for me. I am libertarian. I do believe that human beings have a right to do what they want with a minimum of interference from the, from the government, whatever that government happens to be. So in terms of my view of abortion and what I think a solution is, which will never happen, first of all, because 75% of Americans agree with it. So, but both sides, I mean, let's, okay, let's be brutally honest here for a moment. Both sides of this debate do not want it to be resolved. Period. No, that's, that's totally true. And I mean, you know, one thing we never talk about is, as far as I know, we're the only country in the world uh, where abortion rights hinge on some very poorly written, extremely shaky, subject to repeal court decision. Oh, Roe v. Um, Wade know, is preposterous. It's a, yeah, it's a joke. I mean, it's like the, the 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 court at the time summoned up a right to privacy that 
uh, no one, you know, they conjured it up. And then they say this right to privacy means that you get to keep your body private, whatever that means. And that's where you get to abortion. I mean, look, most Americans, as you point out, do believe in some form of abortion rights. So uh, if the Democratic Congress uh, were serious when they have a majority, they could ram through a federal abortion law, which countries as Catholic as Ireland have managed to do. Um, you know, abortion is totally legal in Ireland. Um, and that's kind of amazing. Uh, it's, I think both parties, they, they fundraise on abortion. You know, yeah. Republicans are like, vote for us and we'll save the babies. Democrats are like, vote for us and we'll, and we'll protect abortion rights. Uh, they do not want to solve this. Scott, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, no. And they make a, and both sides make a crap ton of money. I mean, they, they you know, I'm sorry. They just do. And so if you, and their voters are being played. Yeah, they are. And it becomes an emotional issue. It becomes like so many Republican voters now, and I can't explain this, why abortion is the issue that motivates them. And by Terrence now, I'm going back to my Catholicism, I oppose the death penalty. Mm. I, I absolutely am adamant. Have been, Well, you're consistent there, which I've I, always I've always really respected that about you, Scott. I, mean, I try to be. It's, well, I don't think you The can, Catholic Church is, is consistent in that way, too. They are against, they are, and I was raised Catholic. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, the good listeners out there know that, but I was, and it's still an informs boy, right? my, I was, even at funerals, we used to crack jokes over the, over the, over the coffins. You it was very money. elite. It's you elite make, to be a, to be yeah. a funeral, uh, altar boy. You make yeah. good money. I liked that, it, right? No. What you oh, I thought you got money? tips for funerals. What are you, I don't know, probably like it's some awesome uh, Italian, you know, Brooklyn funeral. Yeah, maybe, but not, not in Kettering, Ohio. No. <laughs> that hotbed. And, and if I know, I'm going to go back to St. Charles and shake down the, <laughs> shake down the priest. Like, where's my, where's my fucking money? Yeah, actually, that's like, where it's, he probably did pocket it, but you were like weddings, right? You got, did you get tipped for weddings? No, not yes, at all. I bet, yes, you did. I bet you did. I bet no. they handed I, uh, they did my not. I believe me. I remember all things related to money. I did not. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a freelancer. Trust me. I do. Here's I would have remembered that. Ted, here's my bet that that money was given to the priest with the provisio. Hey, give five bucks to the altar boys. Oh, God. And yeah, well, went, you know how that always goes. Yeah. And by five bucks, the priest translated that into fondle. Um, <laughs> Actually, I was lucky. Uh, you know, the priest never did that. But maybe that could be a repressed memory thing, too. I hope, um, I really hope it never happened. <laughs> no, it, no, that really never happened. So, okay, so let's let's look forward for a minute or two, for, you know, a few months from now when the Supreme Court actually does hear the case, the Mississippi case. How's, I mean, mm. you're, how's this court going to come down? Are, are they going to strike Roe v. Wade? Are they actually going to go against stare decisis, which, of course, is our system of setting, you know, setting a precedent going forward? Are they going to set a precedent that, yeah, the past court's decisions are stupid, and we're going to strike them down, which means Scott, you should explain. Decision. You should you should explain. Sorry, decisive because not everyone knows what that is. That's British common law. Um, that means that it mean it. it Stare decisive is its cases are built in America and in Britain. By example, let's say they rule on you know land land use is probably where the the, the key one, right? Um, so the law is builds from there with precedent. And that is court and the precedent being court decisions. So, so with the Supreme Court in the, in the Roe v. Wade, what you've done is they've set up a precedent and a decision 
And other courts are loath to strike down previous courts' decisions because that means in the future, your decisions can be struck down with impunity. So it, it kind yeah. of, and it flies in the face of common law. There's generally a bias toward uh, respecting precedent. Yes. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, um, you know, I think the, this court, um, I know that uh, Chief Justice Roberts um, and also um, some recent nominees like Kavanaugh um, have told, said during the confer- their confirmation hearings that uh, regarding Roe v. Wade, they believed they would be um, likely not to overturn it. Right. While, of course, allowing leaving themselves the space to do so. But I think that uh, even if it doesn't happen this year, Roe v. Wade's name uh, words, I mean, uh, days are numbered. Um, I, I just don't see, frankly, I don't see even really how the liberal justices over time would be able to continue to justify it. But uh, it just seems like uh, that, you know, all these cases coming up, um, are whittling away at, at, at abortion rights to the point where much of the country effectively doesn't have any abortion clinics you can actually go to. I mean, in places like Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, you know, you may not be able to get an abortion anywhere in the state or there, or it may be, you know, require a drive that's 400 miles each, each way. Yeah. Yeah. So effectively there, those rights are disappearing. And I think, uh, they're devolving to the states kind of like pre-1973. And so if in the f- near future, the blue states will have abortion, right? Legal abortion, and the red states won't. And is that a bad thing? I mean, I, I, people are going to scream and yell when I say that. But is that a bad thing, to have a patchwork, you know, something that laws that ap- appeal to and are voted on by the you know, citizens of that state are going to be like Alabama, where I live. You live in New York City, in New York State. They're going to be two very different v- worldviews. Should both those worldviews be have be have the right to be expressed, and given the given the idea of the Tenth Amendment and the idea of states' rights um, that don't you know subjugate or, or segregate people, um, is that a bad thing? Well, I don't know that it's a fair thing. Um, you know what what grates is that this is a decision that only really affects women and. Uh, well, I guess you, and of course, obviously the fetus is involved. Um, and so the gender component is difficult. I mean, most state legislatures are overwhelmingly male. Um, and I'm not comfortable with overwhelming, overwhelmingly male state legislatures making decisions like this for women. And I'm not comfortable even with male voters being able to make these decisions for women. Um, you know, it kind of, it's kind of like, old guys voting to send young guys off to war. Um, there's something very strange about mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think, you know, and, and I can't help having compassion for the 16 year old high school student in uh, rural Louisiana who gets knocked up and look, she really needs an abortion. She should have an abortion. She should have an abortion. Uh, she, otherwise she's not going to re- be able to really fulfill her potential and live a full life. And uh, she's not going to even be able to be a good mother to the child if she's forced to bear it. So, uh, you know, and for her not to have that ability to not have that right, um, I think is extremely problematic. I mean, just from a practical point of view, we just don't want to create, uh, you know, sort of a, a, bl- a red state underclass. Okay. 
Well, I, we, we disagree on that one because I, I do believe that the states have a right to. That's what's the whole point of the creation of this confederation, this republic, and to have the states be the laboratories going forward. Now, sometimes, you know, we get it right down here. Um, sometimes we get it wrong. So, same is true up in New York uh, or Ohio or Oregon. Um, I haven't really seen a lot of advantages, though, to having a lot of rights for states. I mean, I mean, seriously, like, is there, I mean, maybe, I guess maybe California, which has always been like sort of a thought leader in the United States for new ideas. Um, but it's not like, you know, the Indiana State Assembly is constantly creating bold new experiments in governance <laughs> that, that are, that are rippling across the nation. You know, I mean, I, I guess maybe it's my French side. I really like a more uh, federalist approach where there's more power vested in the U.S. Congress. I kind of feel like the people out in the hinterlands, maybe, you know, I, I don't really know that it's cool for the state house in Kansas to decide that evolution shouldn't be taught in schools. Well, I mean, okay, evolution taught in schools, that's, yeah, that's a ridiculous kind of an issue. But by turns, they have a right to tax themselves to determine what what amount of interference in people's lives. Indiana is a good, you, you mentioned it yourself, Indiana is a good example of a state that, you know, kind of sandwiched in between all these other blue states is a red state. And it's doing much better than the other states. It's doing better financially. It has better employment numbers. It has a whole, you know, has fewer people on welfare. Um, you know, they're- Yeah, but they'll never be able to get past the fact that they're living in Indiana- well, Indiana is considered by many to be the Indiana of the United States. You and I both know this. Um, <laughs> it's as, an, as, a, as, an Ohio, as a native Ohioan, I will say, Indiana was the place that we used to make fun of, not Kentucky. Really? Yeah. Well, Indiana we liked Kentucky. Has the also has the advantage of being incredibly flat, wildly un, just uh, really the most un, among the most unattractive states, and boring as shit. Oh, truly. I mean, we had to drive up, but we live here in Birmingham and we drove to Chicago when I got the job at the Tribune. So we you know, commuted through there and the 65 goes mostly through Indiana. Mm. The thing about Indiana that shocks me is it's, it projects this, you know, we are, we're, you know, we're Republican, we're a conservative state, and yet every other off ramp had a sex shop. Uh, I'm not sure of the word yet. <laughs> it's really, you know, it's kind of like in, you know, it's like in England, uh, whenever they discover a, uh, a member of parliament hanging from the ceiling of a dungeon with a red ball in his mouth. Yeah. You know, it's not, he's never labored. He's always a Tory. Yeah. Isn't That's it, not a coincidence. That is so weird. It's just like, you know, okay, I, yes, I'm a Republican. I believe in family values. Yes. I have, uh, you know, the anal intruder with <laughs> 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 AAA batteries. You know, it's like. <laughs> Rechar- the, personally, I, I prefer the recharger one, the rechargeable one. Uh, seems, USB port, much more. Well, you've more, always uh, been a lot more green convenient. than I have when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> your anal play. Of course, obviously, that another cultural difference between the blue states and the red states. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> are there any other issues we want to touch on? Pressing, so press, to pressing matters, so to speak. Um, no, I, I think we're, I think we're good. You know, I hope let's just, uh, you know, shout out to uh, New York city and, uh, the Metro region. I hope you guys dry out soon. And, uh, of course, uh, we're sorry about the people who lost their lives. Quite a few people died yeah, in New York yesterday. Uh, this morning. Uh, what, what about yeah. your neighborhood? Have you heard anything all good there? Well, or? my, 
Yeah, I think my neighborhood's pretty high in elevation. Uh, I've heard that it was uh, very, very wet. The, ba- the basement of my building apparently took in some water. But, uh, you know, so what? I live on the fourth floor. But isn't that where the laundry room is? That is where the laundry room the is. So things are going to be a little... Things are going to be a little mildewy down there, but my super is awesome. He'll have it cleaned up in 24 hours. Let me explain something. Every time I talk to Ted, he wants to get off the phone. He has to go, I'm doing little quotes here, do laundry. He says, Scott, I've got some laundry in the basement. I go, no, it's really actually true. You just don't believe me. Yeah, that's me what you say, but then. You were abused as a child and, and like it's coming out. But I, I really do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just every time. I mean, I was abused as a child too, but I, maybe I take it out on doing too much laundry. <laughs> And now we're back to the angle intruder again. Okay. <laughs> well, we all have our coping mechanisms. Sometimes they're the same. Anyway. All right, Scott. Well, all right, man. So how do you want to take France? us out? What's that? You want to take us out? Um, oh, Scott, where can the, where can the listeners of the DMZ America podcast find your work? Uh, go to gocomics.com slash Scott Stantis, one word, or gocomics.com slash prickly city. I can also see my local work for the Chicago Tribune at the Chicago Tribune uh, slash opinion. Uh, and uh, how about you, Ted? Where, where, where can we go to get all things Ted? All things Ted can be found at Ted Rall online at rawl.com, R-A-L-L.com. Also, you can I do a weekly cartoon on Saturdays at for who, what, why, dot org. And I also, I'm on Tuesdays and Thursdays on SputnikNews.com. Cool. There it is. You got it all right there. Big people right there on a big, hot, steamy pile. So for all of us here at DMZ America, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, we'll see you in the funny papers. Bonsoir. Adieu.